Hey everyone, you're listening to Yap Snacks, a series of bite-sized content hosted by me, Hala Taha. I want to talk about customers today, Yap fam. We're going to talk about how to attract customers for your business. Understanding how to attract the customers that will be raving fans for your product and service and tell all their friends is a skill that absolutely needs to be mastered if you in fact want to be young and profiting one day. I felt inspired to put on this episode because I just launched my first LinkedIn Secrets Masterclass and it was a total smash hit. The entire project A to Z was a complete success. We ended up selling out all 40 seats. I had a gushing first cohort who are giving us amazing reviews and I was able to attract all of my ideal students and make nearly $50,000 in revenue with an idea that I thought of less than 30 days ago. And I'm really lucky, Yap fam, because... I've become a sales and marketing guru myself. And that's because for the last five years, I've been interviewing all the top experts in marketing and human behavior. And so they've drastically influenced my approach and I've learned things here and there. And I've made my own strategy based on what I've learned. And today I'm gonna be sharing just a handful of my favorite conversations and takeaway moments with guests like Kelly Roach, Alex Hermosi, Seth Godin, and Jay Abraham. So first, I think we need to distinguish the two main types of marketing. There's push marketing and pull marketing. Push marketing is paid ads. It's paid advertising. It's usually very costly. You pay per click. The algorithms are always changing. So it's not really something that's consistent. And it's more of a shotgun approach for attracting new clients that's best for point in time situations. Like perhaps you're launching a new product or you've got a sale and you want to attract new customers really fast. But in terms of a long-term approach, you really want to focus on pull marketing, which is organic content marketing. It's about luring your customers in, pulling them in. And it's a free and sustainable way to do your marketing. And it has a flywheel effect of returns. And I believe that in order to have an effective content marketing strategy, there are two types of topics that you should primarily focus on. The first is educational and the second is emotional content. And I talk about this in my course. And past Yap guest and master marketer Kelly aligns to this approach. She's the founder of an eight-figure business in the online coaching space called Kelly Roach Consulting. And when I talked to Kelly, she broke down her three-step content marketing strategy into what she calls a conviction marketing pyramid. The foundation of the pyramid is how-to marketing. And this really starts off with luring your customers in with solutions-based marketing, how-to tips and tricks material that establishes yourself as a credible teacher. The second level of the pyramid is hope marketing. And that's really to keep your customers retained and coming back and to grow a community. Because with hope marketing, use inspirational and emotional storytelling. These stories like your rejections and your failures and things that make you relatable. This is how you connect with people and share your personality and become a mentor that your customers actually start to look up to. Elevating your marketing beyond the how-to level and to the hope level is what makes your market both like you and want to be like you. Very different distinction. Now let's hear from Kelly Roach on how-to and hope marketing. So how-to marketing is the most basic element of marketing, and it's typically the way that people enter your ecosystem. It's simple. It's easy to do. Anyone can do it. It costs you nothing. 
record a quick video on your iPhone, pop it on your stories, pop it on your page, share it across different profiles. Boom. You're doing how-to marketing. This is literally a transfer of knowledge. It's where I'm showing you, Hey, Hala, I know how to do something that I know you're interested in, in doing. I'm going to be your teacher. So all of a sudden, Hala watches my video. She spent two minutes with me. She's like, damn, I like this girl. She just taught me how to do something I didn't know how to do. All of a sudden, she's like, cool, okay, this is someone that I like. This is someone I trust, you know, whatever the case. So how-to marketing serves a really important purpose because when people are scanning the airwaves and when they're looking for new accounts to follow and they're looking for new people to learn from, they want quick, digestible, instant tips. Now, the problem with this is just like people are scanning the airwaves looking for a quick, easy, actionable tip, they're doing that all day, every day. It's called escapism, right? That's why people go online and scroll and scroll and scroll. It's escapism. So it's kind of like you got the girl, she said yes to the date. And now you're like, cool, I already had a date with that girl. Let me see. Oh, she's really cute over there, right? So the the problem with how-to marketing is it's a great way to get people in your ecosystem. It's not a great way to keep them in your ecosystem. And we have to remember, what's the purpose of marketing? The purpose of marketing is to attract so that you can nurture and finally convert people into paying customers. Well, if you miss this middle section of nurture, they never make it over here to conversion. And that's what's happening to a lot of marketers. They, they pump out this how-to marketing. And this is, you know, a lot of people are doing their pointing and their dancing and, you know, their lip syncing and all of those things. And that's fine. Do you have a way to then bring them through that process and finally get them to convert. Okay. So how to get them in, it doesn't keep them there. We want you to not just do how to, but we want to elevate from, okay, I see you as a credible teacher. I see you as an authority. Wonderful. Now let's elevate. Let's figure out how are we going to get people to keep coming back? Well, if you notice in the conversation that we're having here today, Hala, we talked a lot about stories right? We talked a lot about experiences that I had, experiences that you had, ways that we resonate with each other. What did we just do? Bring out emotions. Exactly. So the people that are experiencing this show are going to say, you know what? I've only been working at that goal for a year. I think I can keep going. Kelly kept going. Hala kept going. They both run these wildly successful companies now. Maybe there's nothing wrong with me that I wasn't an overnight success in six months. Maybe if I stick with it, I am going to achieve my goals after all. Okay, now we're on to something, right? And this is why, of course, podcasting is so powerful. It's, It's such an amazing medium for hope marketing. So hope marketing is the biggest chunk of your pyramid. And this is where you really connect with your audience in an emotional and a sensitive way where people are like, You're not just a teacher. You're not just an authority figure. You are my friend. You are the person that has been in my shoes. You understand everything that I've gone through. You understand everything I'm going through now. And you cross the bridge the other side. So hope marketing is really about reaching down, grabbing your audience and like wrapping your arms around them and saying like, no, you're not quitting. You're coming with me on this journey. I'm going to support you every step of the way. I've been there. You can get there too. And hope marketing is really what's going to keep people coming back. I call it like the steadiness factor of your brand. It's the thing that really makes people feel deeply connected to you as a person not just as a marketer that can give instruction, but as a human being that has feelings, that has emotion, that's been through some things, right? Does that make sense? Oh my gosh, totally makes sense. If how-to marketing is what people come for, 
Hope marketing is what keeps people engaged. When I launched the LinkedIn Masterclass, for example, I conducted LinkedIn live stream Q&A sessions where I answered any questions about LinkedIn on the spot. Everything from breaking down the algorithm to how to go viral to sales tactics on LinkedIn. And it really established myself as a credible teacher and gave a teaser to my masterclass in terms of what it would be like. It was the perfect how-to element to promote my course. At the same time, I also used hope marketing strategies. So for example, I documented both the good and the bad aspects of launching this course. So the exciting story of how I got the idea to start Yap Academy and I started the next day. People loved that story, connected with them. They felt relatable. They were proud of me. They wanted to support me. And then I also told the frustrating story when some community members told me that my course was too expensive. And again, I was raw. I was authentic. I talked about my challenges launching this course. I challenged people's values and opinions. And I got them talking at the end of the day. My stories keep my audience sticky and engaged and makes me feel like an old friend, even though many of the people on LinkedIn have never even met me before. Moving up the pyramid, if you master these two buckets of how-to and hope marketing, you have a chance of reaching the proverbial content marketing summit and the top of Kelly's content pyramid, her signature strategy, conviction marketing. Conviction marketing is all about identifying the gaps in your market and communicating your commitment and solutions to fill those gaps confidently and truly believing in what you're saying. It's about standing out with unique beliefs and not following the crowd and having undeniable proof that you are the best at what you do. Now we're going to move to the top level of the pyramid, which is like the elite level. You can't get to it until you finish steps one and two, (laughs) how to and hope. And then you can be, you know, top of your field if you can get conviction marketing, right? So talk to us about what that definition is and what that is. Yeah, it's absolutely true. So the way that you want to think about it is at the bottom of the pyramid, you're a teacher, right? You're, you're giving tips, you're giving strategies, you're giving how-tos. You are demonstrating that you have knowledge and expertise that your audience does, and therefore you're in a position of authority. In the second category, now you're their confidant, you're their friend, you're someone that they want to hang out with. They want to have a glass of wine, a cup of coffee, you know, they want to have a beer with you. They're someone that you like. So they know you now, they like you, right? And and you're kind of like that cheerleader, that friend that they kind of want to stay connected to. But let's talk about how we get from the friend category, right, to the mentor, the trusted advisor category, because you aren't just going to give your friends money right? You're going to give your money to the mentor that you believe is going to change your life. You're not going to go buy from the person that you like the most. You're going to go buy from the person that you think is going to change your life. So conviction marketing is about stepping into that role of trusted mentor. It's about stepping into that role of your greatest advisor, right? When you think about the category that you're in, you want to own that word in the mind of your audience. And conviction is the only thing that's going to do that for you. Conviction is what's going to lead to conversions. I would write that down. Conviction equals conversions. What does it mean to be convicted? It means to be so strong and so powerful in a set of beliefs, right? It's about beliefs. Conviction marketing is about taking a set of core beliefs and infusing them in every single element of your brand so that when anyone interacts with you, they feel confident that they are going to achieve a certain outcome when they open up their wallet and give you their credit card because you are so convicted. You have such a high level of belief about the result that you're going to provide. When people interact with you, the number one thing that they're saying is, do I believe this person? 
Do I trust that linking arms with you is going to make my life better? Do I believe that by giving you my money, this result is going to happen? It's all about believability. So if it's all about believability, you better know what your convictions are and you better be able to say those convictions with a level of confidence and certainty. Let's hold that thought and take a quick break with our sponsors. Young and profiters, they may call me the podcast princess, but I'm also the LinkedIn queen. I've been a LinkedIn influencer for six years now, and I teach one of the most popular courses about LinkedIn. And I love to teach sales on LinkedIn because when it comes to B2B sales, LinkedIn has got that on lock. LinkedIn is where all the decision makers are hanging out. There are 180 million senior level decision makers on LinkedIn and 10 million C-suite decision makers. These people are on LinkedIn and they're in the mode to buy. They're using LinkedIn for their buying journey to research vendors or sales reps that they might work with, to look up how to solve their problems, to learn from industry thought leaders. They're in the mode to buy, whereas on other platforms, they're in the mode to be entertained. You want to get them in the right mindset. You want to cut through the noise with LinkedIn ads. In fact, 79% of B2B marketers rate LinkedIn as their top channel for paid media. And LinkedIn has the best targeting because they've got all these different inputs. People are putting their resume basically up on there. And so there's so many keywords that they can use to target the right decision makers so they can hear about how you solve their problems. And I've got a special gift for all you young and profiters who wanna try LinkedIn ads. You can get a $100 credit. LinkedIn was super generous. If you wanna make B2B marketing everything it can be and get a $100 credit on your next campaign, go to linkedin.com slash yap, Y-A-P. Again, if you want to claim your credit, go to linkedin.com slash yap. Terms and conditions apply. Young and profiters, Yap Media is growing so fast. I have 10 open roles just this month. In the past, it would take me so long to find hires. I have to go on all these different job sites. I have to create my own skills assessments. That's why I let Indeed do a lot of this heavy lifting for me. Indeed is the powerful hiring platform where I can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Indeed has things like skills assessments, where when we have specific roles, we can find an assessment that matches that role and we can make sure they have the skills that we need. Then I can focus on culture fit. I can make sure they're scrappy enough and are obsessed with excellence and do all the things that we need to do for them to fit in at YAP. And Indeed streamlines hiring with powerful tools like Instant Match. An Instant Match basically matches you with candidates as soon as you put up a job post with people who are qualified right away. It's instant. And the best part is it gets better as you use it. So now when I use Indeed, especially when I'm hiring for similar roles, I get people right away where they know that I'm gonna like the candidates because they can see what my preferences were in the past. It gets better as you use it. According to US Indeed data, the moment Indeed sponsors a job, over 80% of employers get candidates whose resumes are a perfect match for the position. It's like waving a magic wand that gets better as you use it. So I love using Indeed. We've found a lot of our A players on there. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide who count on Indeed to hire their next superstar like we do at Yap Media. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at indeed.com slash profiting. Offer is good for a limited time. Claim your $75 sponsored job credit at indeed.com slash profiting. Again, that's indeed.com slash profiting. And support the show by saying you heard about it on Young and Profiting Podcast. 
Again, it's indeed.com slash profiting to get your $75 credit. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you are believable, Yap Bam, you are magnetic to your customers. And the most magnetic companies in the world are companies that follow the strategy of preeminence. I love the concept of the strategy of preeminence and I highly align to it. I first learned about this from Jay Abraham, who's a world-renowned marketer. He's worked with people like Tony Robbins and Damon John. And what he told me about the strategy of preeminence was completely life-changing for me. In fact, I made all of my executives read his book because I aligned so much to his strategy. Being preeminent in your industry means that you are the obvious choice. You are the hands-down best possible path for your clients. And you become preeminent by having a flawless reputation, by always putting the customer's best interests first. You value service above everything else, always over-deliver, and you're known as a top source of information. I've always had a very servant mentality. From when I first started this podcast to now my company with Yap Media, a preeminent business is there for the long game. They're there to make a positive impact, not just a quick buck. So I had a client 25 years ago that was in the publishing business, and their business was three times larger than their closest competitor. They charged 50 to 100% more. They had far more repeat and multi-buyers, and they ended up selling it, I'm talking about decades ago, for $650 million, which was a lot. And I spent a week interviewing everybody that was critical in the business, the CEO, the, 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 the architect of their philosophy, their, their executives, their managers, and I took thousands, literally thousands of pages of notes, and I distilled it into what I call the strategy preeminence. And it starts with this belief that you want to be the most trusted advisor, the only possible source they could turn to, and that the only way you can do that is by caring more, doing more, being more in the eyes of the audience. And you can't do that if you're not willing to, first of all, understand appreciate, acknowledge, recognize, and really go deep to to understand who, what, why, how your audience is, and not just superficially, but seeing beyond just a transaction, but as a human being. The next is you have to have a positioning that is distinctive, not the same thing everyone else is. You have to have a point of view that animates their spirit and gets them thinking differently whether it's more depth or whether it's a different take, you've got to be willing, and this is, gets really interesting, to never allow anybody to buy more than they should or less than they should in less quantity-quality combination than they should, not because you're going to lose money, but because you're always guiding and advising them as their most trusted advisor and what's going to give them the best outcome for what they're doing. You have a moral responsibility, a privilege, and an opportunity if you really are operating at a higher level and you're bringing a higher level of value, caring, protection, enhancement, whatever your product or service delivers, to not let the person not buy from from you if they should, and not by your from your competitor, not because the competitor is a you know a so-and-so, but because the client will be deserved. And I, I want to make sure that my listeners understand what preeminence really means. It means that 
you're no longer knocking on doors to get customers. The customers are coming to you because you're seen as the person. Your clients are referring you because you're doing the best job. You're their trusted advisor. They can't even think about anybody else who could do it better than you. So describe to us what it looks like when you are the preeminent business or person in your industry, because I want people to understand what that means and how can they tell if they have it or they don't. It means the first thing is that they're in the relationship for a different reason than most everyone else around or comparable. They're in it because they want to make a better contribution. They want to add more value and they understand what value means to the other side. It means that you are always, always telling people the truth, what you feel. It means you are always making yourself aware of whatever you're doing and how it affects everyone else in the food chain. It means that you you don't think in terms of how much money is on, it came into the, the cash register today. You're thinking about how many organizations, individuals, did we get the chance to serve? And, and then you think in terms of service. And when you live in that kind of a mindset, you possess the purest, a single attribute that people strive for most of their life and never know how to get. And that's absolute ethical advantage over everyone else. But it's pure. If I'm going to do this with you, I want to make darn sure that I'm not intellectual entertainment, that I move the people watching, listening, irrespective of whether they're entrepreneurs, executives, CEOs, employees, employers, to a higher level of understanding and thus a higher level of action, transaction, contribution, fulfillment. And, and that's what being preeminent is all about. When it comes to establishing your preeminence and authority, Seth Godin, one of the most well-known marketers and authors in the world, says that you shouldn't boil the ocean and try to win over an entire market at once. Rather, he says that you should start small and optimize for a minimum viable audience. When done right, this approach has a viral effect where you win your customers over so much so that they stick around and tell all their friends. So let's touch on that trust piece a little bit. How do we get our audience to start to trust us and how do we know when our content may be relevant to them? Okay, so uh, we'll start with the second part first. Relevant. The internet is not a mass medium. Television is a mass medium. It used to be, back when you were a kid, that the typical television show reached 40 million people. Now, there is nothing on the internet that reaches 40 million people at the same time. Nothing. What the difference is, is that there's 40 million channels that each reach 100 people. So it reaches more people. It's micro. It is not mass. So finding people who are interested in what you're doing isn't that hard because they're already grouping up by what they're interested in. But then the question is, how do you earn their trust? Not their attention, but their trust. We must begin by making small promises and keeping them making them for people who are open to being able to trust us, not hustling people and showing up with giant flat belly diet, instant overnight, let's change everything promises, but small groups of people 
the smallest viable audience, show up and say, I'm going to offer you this and then do it and then do it and then do it and then overdo it. And if you do that, they learn to expect it from you. That is what a brand is. A brand is an expectation, not a logo. And so you have this opportunity because everyone starts with almost nothing. Everyone starts small. Who will you start with? And how can you do something with and for that person that they will tell the others? Yeah. Let's dig into that concept of a smallest viable audience. I know it's something that you talk often about. Tell our listeners what that means exactly and and how they can recruit a smallest viable audience. Well, there is a conditioning that the only way to win is to win, win, win. That you want the biggest possible audience. That if you listen to the hype and you read the business plans and, you know, I'm going to crush this and we're going to revolutionize that. But that's never, never how it actually works. That the way it works is you find the smallest group of people who, if they trusted you, it would be enough. And then you overwhelm them with delight. Because if you overwhelm that small group with delight, which you can do because they all want the same thing, they will tell the others. So name any brand you want, and I will tell you how they did that. Because Starbucks or Supreme or JetBlue, I don't care which one you name, that's how they did it. The smallest group that could sustain them, and then they delighted them. Even Google, even Facebook. Facebook started serving 100 people. 100 Harvard students who needed a date. That was Facebook. That's all it was for. It didn't talk about what was happening in New Haven, and they didn't talk about what was happening in the election. They talked about, you're at Harvard and you need a date. Smallest viable audience. Could you tell us the use case of Starbucks and and how they use that to grow? So Howard Schultz did not start Starbucks. Starbucks had two or three stores in Seattle, and you could not buy a cup of coffee there. They would only sell you beans. And Howard went to Italy, and when he came back, he had fallen in love with standing at the counter and drinking an espresso. And he couldn't find a place in the United States where he could do that. And he persuaded the people at Starbucks to give him a chance. And so Starbucks began, really began, with one place in one little corner of one city where you could stand there and have an espresso. That's all it was for. And then the word began to spread and it began to spread. But it happened slowly compared to internet time. But Howard did not come back from Italy saying, I'm going to revolutionize the United States and caffeinate 100 million people a day. He came back and said, I need there to be a neighborhood espresso bar. If we think about Twitter, Twitter failed and failed and failed for a long time until they optimized it for one conference in Austin, Texas to make five hundred people delighted. That's all. That's all it was for. And it's hard to do this as an entrepreneur or a small business person because you think not, that's too small for me, but you think if I pick the specific people and I fail at that, then I'm really bad, right? That if no one had come to Howard Schultz's one and only espresso bar, he's toast, right? If people at Austin, South by Southwest hadn't used Twitter, they were going to go bankrupt. You got to pick something and put yourself on the hook because being on the hook is exactly where you want to be. Yeah, totally. And if, if you spread yourself too thin, you can't really maximize 
anything because it's like you're trying to chase two rabbits. You'll never catch either one as that old adage goes. Well said. Yes. We'll be right back after a quick break from our sponsors. Hey, Yap Fam, starting my LinkedIn Secrets Masterclass was one of the best things I've ever done for my business. I didn't have to waste time figuring out all the nuts and bolts of setting up a website that had everything I needed, like a way to buy my course, subscription offerings, chat functionality, and so on, because it was super easy with Shopify. (coughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Whether you're selling your first product, finally taking your side hustle full-time, or making half a million dollars from your masterclass like me. And it doesn't matter if you're selling digital products or vegan cosmetics. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Shopify's got you covered as you scale. Stop those online window shoppers in their tracks and turn them into loyal customers with the internet's best converting checkout. I'm talking 36% better on average compared to other options out there. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., from huge shoe brands like Allbirds to vegan cosmetic brands like Thrive Cosmetics. Actually, back on episode 253, I interviewed the CEO and founder of Thrive Cosmetics, Carissa Bodnar, and she told me about how she set up her store with Shopify and it was so plug and play, her store exploded right away. Even for a makeup artist type girl with no coding skills, it was easy for her to open up a shop and start her dream job as an entrepreneur. That was nearly a decade ago. And now it's even easier to sell more with less thanks to AI tools like Shopify Magic. And you never have to worry about figuring it out on your own. Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. So you can focus on the important stuff, the stuff you like to do. Because businesses that grow Grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash profiting, and that's all lowercase. If you want to start that side hustle you've always dreamed of, if you want to start that business you can't stop thinking about, if you have a great idea, what are you waiting for? Start your store on Shopify. Go to shopify.com slash profiting now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Again, that's shopify.com slash profiting shopify.com slash profiting for $1 per month trial period. Again, that's shopify.com slash profiting. Young and profiters, we are all making money, but is your money hustling for you? Meaning, are you investing? Putting your savings in the bank is just doing you a total disservice. You got to beat inflation. I've been investing heavily for years. I've got an E-Trade account. I've got a Robinhood account. And it used to be such a pain to manage all of my accounts. I'd hop from platform to platform. I'd always forget my Fidelity password and then I have to reset my password. I knew that needed to change because I need to keep track of all my stuff. Everything got better once I started using Yahoo Finance, the sponsor of today's episode. You can securely link up all of your investment accounts in Yahoo Finance for one unified view of your wealth. They've got stock analyst ratings. They have independent research. I can customize charts and choose what metrics I want to display for all my stocks so I can make the best decisions. I can even dig into financial statements and balance sheets of the companies that I'm curious about. Whether you're a seasoned investor or looking for that extra guidance, Yahoo Finance gives you all the tools and data you need in one place. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, yahoofinance.com. 
the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. That's yahoofinance.com. So far, we've heard great advice in terms of establishing our credibility and serving our audience. Now I want to get tactical in terms of how to communicate our products and services to convey their value and validate our pricing in the market when we need to speak directly about our offering. I recently had everyone's new and favorite sales and marketing guru, Alex Hermosi, on the show for a two-part session. He talked to us about the value equation, which is something that I used heavily when promoting my LinkedIn Secrets Masterclass that really enabled us to be successful by tapping into the natural tendencies of human psychology and buying behaviors. Okay, so let's talk about your value equation that you have in your book. You say there are four primary drivers of value. Can you break that down for us? Yeah. How is it that liposuction is $50,000 because that promises weight loss? And then an ebook on weight loss is five bucks and it promises the same thing. And so if you think about this like a fraction, the four, like so just draw a line mentally. The first one is the dream outcome. The higher and the, and the cooler the dream outcome, the more valuable the thing you sell is, number one. Number two is the perceived likelihood of achievement. And I'll give you a clear example. So we'll use that liposuction thing. So imagine you've got a doctor who finishes medical school and the day after they finish medical school, they put up their shingle and they say, I'm doing liposuction. And you've got another guy who's done 10,000 surgery of this particular surgery. Who are you willing to pay more for the same surgery? The guy who's done 10,000. And I was like, what is that? That's perceived likelihood of achievement. It's risk factor. It's that when I pay this money, it's the likelihood that I'm actually going to get what I want. And even though, and this is a good one for everyone who's a service provider, the guy who's newer probably will take longer. So he's spending more time with his patients than the experienced guy. But it doesn't matter because it's about the outcome and the perceived likelihood that they achieve that. And that's why testimonials, having guarantees, things like that can increase the perceived likelihood of achievement. And if you add a guarantee, you can in a very real way increase your price because people, you have decreased their risk. So you maximize the first two, which is going to be the dream outcome is something they really, really want, and that you increase the perceived likelihood that they're actually going to achieve it. Now, the second half of the equation is the bottom side of the fraction. The goal here is to minimize these things. And the first half of my career, I spent all my time on the top side, making bigger, bigger promises, lots and lots of testimonials. That was all I did. And I think that's a, kind of a telltale sign of a newer marketer, newer entrepreneur. The businesses that are worth a fortune, they spent all of their time on the bottom side because the bottom side is usually the competitive mode. Anyone can make promises and anyone can show testimonials and things like that. But what people can't do is the bottom, which are these two things. Number one is time. And the second one is effort and sacrifice. So time delay is the distance between when you buy and when you get. Right? So if I were to swipe my credit card for a gym membership, it's going to take a long time for me to get the body that I probably want. Why does liposuction cost more? Because it happens way faster. You can get someone to lose 50 pounds in basically them going to sleep and waking up. Now, sure, there's pain, there's recovery, but it's still, they don't have to go to the gym. They don't have to change their diet. They don't have to sweat. They don't have to change their schedule. They can still drink margarita. Like, they can do everything. And then in a day later, they're gone. And the market plays values that in a very real way. You have to arm wrestle someone to get them to sign up for a $29 a month gym membership, but people will fork over 40 grand for liposuction all day long. And so it's because of the time delay. And so one of the easiest business strategies in the world is do what everyone else is doing it and do it in half the time. Just easy way to provide value and win. The fourth one is, is effort and sacrifice. So they're two sides of the same coin. Effort is things that you have to start doing that you don't want to do that you weren't doing before you signed up for the thing. And then sacrifice are things that you have to stop doing that you do want to do that you can't do as a result of buying the thing. So effort would be, I have to show up to the gym. The sacrifice is I can't sleep in. The effort is that I have to eat chicken and broccoli. The sacrifice is I don't get Taco Tuesdays. 
And so you have to give up, you have to make trades that people don't want to make as a result of the purchase. And so oftentimes, especially newer entrepreneurs, if you can't give away your services for free, like people won't say yes to you, which by the way, I recommend everybody get, get your first 10 clients by servicing for free. But if people are not willing to work with you for free, it's because your price is not the most expensive thing that they are overcoming, the money, because there's additional costs. And many of them are time, effort, and sacrifice. If all of a sudden, as a result of this purchase, you have to meet with me three times a week, you have to start recording creative and make ads and write copy and check in on campaigns with me, that's a lot of effort and sacrifice that I didn't have to do before. Versus, hey, pay us and your phone's going to start ringing. We'll handle everything else. Significantly more valuable. And so in a real way, businesses that can minimize the effort and sacrifice that their, that their customers go through and deliver the promise faster and do it in a way that the person feels like there's almost no risk, that they're definitely going to achieve it, and it's something that they actually want, becomes tremendously valuable. And so using the value equation will inform how you talk about your products. So it's like, here's the dream outcome, which you can describe to them. Here's why you should feel like it's very low risk to make this purchase. Here's what you can expect from a time perspective. And then this is the effort and sacrifice that goes into it. If we can explain the benefits of what we're selling in using those four buckets, which I would highly encourage everyone to look through with those four check marks, if it's not doing one of those four things, you can probably cut it. When you do it that way, and then you dumb it down to a third grade reading level, because half of America doesn't even read above a seventh grade reading level, you will get more people to buy. And so like the ultimate version of this is all those things maxed out, which is the most amazing dream thing that I know without a doubt I'm going to get that happens instantly with no effort. And I think the moment we can click a button and then a six pack appears on our stomach, it would be an infinitely valuable thing. And so I think a lot of entrepreneurship is just going towards that ideal. And then that is really, it shows us that we always have more that we can improve on. Yeah. So another question that I have is that you use the word perceived, and I was curious about that. So why is it perceived likelihood of achievement, perceived time delay, perceived effort? Because if you don't communicate it, it doesn't matter. They will not perceive the benefit because all that matters is their perception because everybody's reality is, you know, whatever, I'm not even getting into that. But like, <laughs> the point is, is like, they will not buy something they do not perceive as a benefit. and so. The point of underlining their perception is that if we do not communicate it, they will not perceive it and they will not value it, which means you don't get paid for it. So if you do not communicate it, you ain't getting money for it. Yeah. And so for each of these things, we have to communicate that thing. Otherwise, they're, they're not going to perceive the benefit or pay us. To recap, Alex has a formula to measure value that he calls the value equation, which guides the way he positions his offers in the market. The equation is dream outcome plus perceived likelihood of achievement divided by time delay plus effort and sacrifice. The goal is to increase the top of the equation while decreasing the bottom of the equation. For example, for my LinkedIn masterclass, I promoted that my students would 10x to 100x their LinkedIn engagement. That's their dream outcome. To show the likelihood of achievement, I used testimonials from my past Yap Media clients that showed proof that I've already done this for dozens of people. Now I also have the glowing testimonials from my first cohort that I can add to my promotional arsenal. At the bottom of the equation, I shortened time delay by stressing that you would learn what I learned in five years in just two days, that I had already done all the hard work and have packed all the information that I knew so you would learn them in just two days, and that these strategies would work immediately after class. In terms of effort and sacrifice, I pointed out that just two days of work could 10x or 100x their results, and they would be learning everything from copywriting to design to mastering the LinkedIn algorithm in a very high energy, fun environment that makes class fly by 
and that you would be supported by your community and cohort throughout your LinkedIn journey. Even when class is over, you would have a support system. At the end of the day, your customers need to be convinced to make the purchase at the price you've established. And you can reduce any perceived risk by following the value equation to increase their chances of saying yes. And that's a wrap for today's Yap Snacks on how to attract, keep, and convert your customers. If you like this Yap Snack, be sure to check out all of our full interviews featured in today's episode. Number 155 with Kelly Roach, number 152 with Jay Abraham, 87 with Seth Godin, and number 198 and 199 with Alex Ramosi. What did you think about this episode? If you learned something new, tell us your main takeaway by leaving us a review on Apple, CastBox, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. You guys can also find me on social media. I'm on Instagram at Yap with Hala or LinkedIn. Just search for my name. It's Hala Taha. Big thanks to my amazing Yap team. This is your host, Hala Taha, signing off.